Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And again, the computers are being sluggish, <laughs> but we're we're here sliding into first. And uh, we talked this morning about the nature of immunity, how the body works, and we did that so that we'd understand how the body of Christ works, because the body of Christ is based on cells. That's right, it's based on cell groups. Just like your body is based on cells. They talk about this metaphor, allegory, in Paul talks about that we're all part of the body and that each one of us has a different role. And, and we talked a little bit about because of the coronavirus thing and people thinking that the vaccinations are your only salvation, which of course that is ridiculous. People have been surviving plagues for thousands of years and the plagues come and go and nobody invented a vaccination. So how in the world can we only be saved by a vaccination today? It's just insane to even think that somebody's not paying attention. But these are the catchphrases that they throw out there. And unfortunately, many of the Christian church uses a lot of these catchphrases too. Like, uh, Jesus is my king, but he's not really their king. Jesus is my salvation, but when they actually need something, they go to the men who exercise authority one over the other to obtain benefits at the expense of their neighbor, contrary to what Christ said. So this this section of the day's broadcast is the third one we've done today, and third hour, we do three hours every Saturday or Sabbath. And uh, if you, depending on what calendar you use, you can divide yourselves in all kinds of different ways and make up all kinds of religions and phrases and things like that. And you can worship those religions and phrases and ideologies, or you can find out what the truth is. Because the truth is not dependent upon your description of it. The truth is the truth. It existed before you did. <laughs> so it, the thing is, we need to find the truth. There is a pattern in the universe that giveth life. There is a pattern that we call chaos in the universe that taketh life away. Unfortunately, when I look out in the world, I see a lot of chaos. A lot of people following the pattern to destruction. Jeremiah warned about it. Ezekiel warned about it. The apostles warned about it. Peter said that through covetous practices you would make merchandise of yourselves and 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 curse your children. You would become sureties for debt and entangled again in the yoke of bondage. All has happened already. That's not a prophecy of the future. That is already taking place. You're already merchandise. You already cursed your children with trillions of dollars in debt. And in the last few months, you've added trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars more. They just voted to add trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars more. And if you actually read the bill of these people that are doing this, you would be shocked of what's in it. But you don't read that because you do not attend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And uh, even if you did, even if you were a voter and paying attention to everything that's going on, you know, uh, <laughs> House Joint Resolution 666 or House Joint Resolution 66666 or Public Law 42-Section 666, <laughs> you would be shocked 
to see whether it's in all those things. And we've shared them with the ministers, and they can share them with the individual congregations as they see fit, because we don't exercise authority one over the other. We are doing what Christ said to do. Now, that's a pretty bold statement. We're doing it. Everybody else is not doing it. Well, there are a few other people doing it, but not very many. And not quite like we're doing it as far as I've been able to find out. Hopefully, there are more people out there waking up. I was talking to a minister, and I said, it rained on the desert today. Actually, didn't they? I talked to him today. It rained on the desert yesterday. It may rain here shortly. It looks like it's clouding up again. When it rains on the desert, the hay jumps out of the ground. The, the grass jumps out of the ground. I mean, it just like overnight you see inches growing because the desert is used to not getting rain. And so when it gets rain, it really blooms. The problem is, is that the people out there in the world are not getting the rain of Christ. They're getting the emotionalism of the modern church, but they're not getting the rain of Christ. And that's because they are not yet willing to repent. Repenting means thinking a different way. And so I just told you the essence of the gospel. John the Baptist told you, not by force, but by free will offerings. Moses told you that. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Take care of one another by free will offerings. There were no taxes in Israel for hundreds and hundreds of years. There was tithing, but that's a free will offering. They say, well, no, it was mandatory. Well, show me in the Bible where a Levite went in and busted down somebody's house because they adore because they, they weren't tithing. No, it was a free will offering. You chose the Levite you were going to give it to, and you gave it to according to, you know, you're supposed to give it unbiasedly according to the, the shoot, the gate, you know, every tenth sheep or whatever it is that you make. A share of your labor to some... The word tenth didn't necessarily mean ten percent. It doesn't just necessarily mean one in ten. It's an idea. These are metaphors trying to tell you that you should give your share a tenth to your minister and he is to use it to practice pure religion which is taking care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society. Whoever they are. And he should do it in a way that strengthens the poor because the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't that they didn't take care of the needy or the poor. They were a socialist system. But they did not do it in a way that strengthened the poor. And you see that today out there in the world where they're giving away and giving away and they're making people slothful and apathetic and they're breaking down the family because they'll give more money to you if there's no man in the house. It's just crazy. They're doing everything the opposite, yet you say you're a Christian nation. No, you're not. And then you want to complain about the government that you have created for yourself, but you won't turn around and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that's what we were talking about this morning and last week and the week before that. But we always try to put it in the context of something else. So this morning we were talking about the conflict between Pasteur and Antoine Bechamp. And, or Bechamp. Uh, who was a French uh, epidemiologist, I guess you would say, who had a different uh, opinion about disease. He didn't deny that there were bacteria around or even that there were, might be viruses around or anything like that that was getting people sick. But he was saying the reason they're getting sick was not because those bacteria are around, they've always been around, but because we become vulnerable because we upset the balance 
in our micro maze, in the micro processes of our being. And we went into quite a bit into those microprocesses and talked about how how intricate they are, how how amazing they are in a single cell. How how much goes on in that cell and how it sends out what looks like viruses if you saw them under a microscope, but they're they're exosomes, endosomes, exosomes that go out and actually will break down toxins. They will kill. Uh, viruses, they will send messages to all the cells in your body not to receive that virus and to not let it in. Uh, it, it, they do all kinds of amazing things. They will send signals to your T cells, to the, your white blood cells to protect your system. All going on without any decision on your part. Well, actually, decisions on your part can interfere with that process. If you become angry, if you become frightened, if you become upset, you can alter those processes in your body. Be still and know, says the Bible. You know, you're supposed to fear not. Be at peace. What does all that mean? Well, we teach you a little bit about that in meditation, but meditation alone is just an exercise. You cannot hate your neighbor. You cannot be even hate your enemy. If you want to defeat your enemy, you do not want to hate him. You don't want to be angry at him. But you want to be in love with what's right. And as you're in love with what's right, it will put on you the full armor of God. Now, I just said that right out. A lot of you won't get the fullness of that meeting. It may take a lifetime, maybe a couple lifetimes to get the fullness of that meeting. (laughs) I know. You're... Only going to get the fullness of that meaning when you receive the Holy Spirit into yourself. You can only receive the Holy Spirit into yourself if you make room for the Holy Spirit in yourself. And you can only make room for the Holy Spirit in yourself when you let go of all those other spirits of jealousy and envy and greed and avarice and all these things that we call vices. Vices are simply the absence of virtue. And we talked about that, how nature abhors a vacuum. And that vacuum is, how do you fill that vacuum so that evil does not fill that vacuum? See, if you become accustomed to living at the expense of your neighbor and depending for your livelihood on the property of others and covet your neighbor's goods through the covetous practices that eventually will make you merchandise, all these things are keeping your soul from loving your neighbor as yourself. And uh, so what I, I, I was doing is putting together a number of programs and I talked about the fact that, you know, as an example, as an allegory, uh, HIV virus is not what causes AIDS. Because lots of people have AIDS who do not have the HIV virus and a lot of people have the HIV virus who do not have AIDS. So what exactly is AIDS? Uh, you know, they had a number of people that uh, were detected for HIV virus, and they said, well, you have AIDS. We may need to get you on the medication right away. And that medication actually caused you to get AIDS. It was the medication that was making you sick. Now, you think, like, that's crazy. Why would anybody say that? Well, actually, there's a lot of epidemiologists that are suggesting that that's true. A few of them have actually said it out loud. And, of course, they're stomped on by both feet. They're not going to get any more grants. They're not going to get any more jobs. They're shamed because 
the, in the religion of science, which is a religion, it's a matter of faith, they have set out amount, a certain amount of information that HIV causes AIDS. And they have invested millions upon millions of dollars on that premise. And they have prescribed medicines that are actually doing the opposite of what you want done to overcome AIDS. Because you're not overcoming HIV, you're overcoming AIDS. AIDS is an immune deficiency. And that comes about because you've interrupted the that micro-maze that uh, Antoine was telling us about and arguing with Pasteur. And there's a lot of other things you do that upset that micro-maze, upset that balance in yourselves that causes you illness. I mean, like antibiotics. You take antibiotics and it kills all kinds of bacteria in your system. It can kill so much bacteria in your system that you begin to die from diarrhea and rashes and all kinds of things because you need bacteria in your system to live. Most of the bacteria in you is beneficial, and antibiotics often create an imbalance. And so I've actually known people that took antibiotics just at the dentist. They don't usually do it, but they say, oh, you take these antibiotics. They got so sick, they killed out so much bacteria. They were small, lightweight, a lightweight person, and the bacteria just wiped out the bacteria in the system. They eventually, the only thing that saves them, and we brought it up, other people did bring it up as well. The dentist didn't have a clue. Was that they had to go in and get it. Even though when they went to the regular doctors and specialists, they weren't getting it. Finally, we got them in touch with a doctor who said, well, I know what you need to do. They literally took a feces from a healthy person filled with bacteria and implanted it into their upper intestinal tract. They reseeded their intestinal tract with the right kind of bacteria, which could not have survived going through the digestive system because the the acids in the stomach would have destroyed it. So they had to literally transplant it into the upper uh, intestinal tract, and they were okay. And now they're fine. They're doing great and everything. We know a number of people that's happened to. What was the problem? Antibiotics. They went to the doctor. The doctor created problems, and they had to go back to a different doctor who knew what the solution was. The reality is that's what we often do with government. We go to government to find a solution, but the government actually creates a problem, and then the government says, let's start another program to solve that problem, but sometimes it creates a bigger problem because it isn't really the solution. She was not going to be addicted on a medication for the next 20 years. She just needed to get back to nature, and they put some natural bacteria back into her system, and she got better. She doesn't; She's not on any medication whatsoever now. So that's, that's what you want. That's, that's a cure. But the cure didn't come from the doctor, although the doctor helped put it into place. Of course, the doctor helped get it out of there. <laughs> but what they did was put things back the way they were supposed to be from the beginning. Anybody who tells you the only way we will ever be saved from this virus is a vaccine is an idiot. That's right. I use the word idiot. Imbecile, idiot, fool, whatever you want to call them. You can call them all kinds of names because they do not know what they're talking about. We have overcome plagues for thousands and thousands of years that came and went. Where'd they go? Well, everybody got immune. Everybody who survived got immune. 
this coronavirus, most people are immune probably already. And that's why they're straying away from the serology tests. If they, if everybody started taking serology tests, you'd find out most of you have been already producing the natural antibodies from your own system that make the coronavirus useless. As you approach what they call herd immunity, which you can only get, you can't get herd immunity from a vaccine because there's no 100% vaccines. You can only get herd immunity when the herd gets immunity through the natural means. And that's the way you want to do it. Because if you bypass some of the steps of obtaining natural immunity, you may weaken your immune system. This is what happens with vaccinations. You can actually weaken your immune system. Happened with antibiotics. AMA came out and admitted people with ready access to antibiotics have more infections. Why? Because they're bypassing the natural shields that your body can produce to protect you from infection. Now, I'm not saying never take antibiotics. I'm not saying, I'm not anti-vaxxer. I, I, if you're going to take a vaccination, you should take one. You make sure that there isn't SV40 in it or, or half a dozen other poisonous chemicals and that you're not too young to take it and that you actually need it. I mean, most of the people who got the polio vaccine didn't need it. Because by the time they came out with a polio vaccine, most people were already immune to polio. Because 95% of the people who get it don't show any symptoms. They don't know they're immune to polio. They never even got sick. But they're immune. That's, that's CDC information. You didn't need the polio vaccine. Even though, as we showed this morning from the CDC website, that the administration of the polio vaccine may have contaminated 98 million Americans, which was a lot of Americans back then, with SB40 virus and maybe other viruses as well. And, of course, that's what Dr. Judy Mekovich has come out and said, that she's finding mouse viruses in the blood supply that's out there in the public because people are getting mouse viruses injected into them because of some of the vaccines that they receive. But they have a solution. They have a solution. RNA vaccinations. They, there are no RNA vaccinations approved, but the new one coming out for coronavirus, they say the best, the best forerunner, that's the word they use, forerunner, is an RNA vaccination. What they're talking about is a synthetic RNA vaccination. So are you going to line up for that? <laughs> well, I hear all kinds of people saying, I don't want to get that. I don't know what that is. I mean, it's, uh, it's completely manufactured. Uh, it may have to be, there are several different versions, uh, it may have to be activated with an electrical charge after you get the shot, which is subcutaneous. All kinds of different things about it. They're rushing into it. They're not going to have five years of blind <laughs> studies, placebo studies. They're just going to give it to you. Well, I don't think they're going to give it to me, but then I don't know about the rest of you. Now, everybody's going to want to refuse it. I heard Dr. Shiva saying, you know, brilliant guy, Dr. Shiva. He doesn't have a very good bedside manner, but he's not that kind of doctor. He's pretty bold and outspoken. And I, I can live with that. But he's right about a lot of the things that he says. The same as Kennedy's right about a lot of things that he says. And some of these other other guys who, who are spokesmen for what they call the anti-vax movement, they're right about. But you have to weigh each individual and what they're saying. You have to take them with their gruff, 
demeanor and their their passion you have to take them with all that stuff and you have to love if you can't love those guys how in the world are you going to love your enemies because your enemies are going to hold you down and give you a shot that's what they're going to do but they won't have to do that and that's what dr shiva they'll just say oh well you want to fly on an airplane Oh, oh, well, you want to come into the grocery store. Oh, well, you want a job in the school. You want a job. I mean, 50% of the people in the state of Oregon get a government check. Now, they're not all employed, but that's a lot of people getting a government check. That's why the shutdown, they got away with it. Because some people aren't shut down, and 50% of the other people are getting a check whether they go to work or not. In our county, it's about 75% of the people get a check. Whether they go to work or not. A lot of them went home, didn't have to do any work, and they still got a check. <laughs> so, so they're not worried about the shutdown because they don't love their neighbor as much as they love themselves. And see, what's happened, the problem didn't start with the coronavirus or the shutdown. The problem started a hundred years ago. Actually, if you really want to get picky about it, it started way back with Adam and Eve, where people started to decide for themselves what was good and evil. Then they started creating governments and they gave the government the power to decide for them, for it, for them, what is good and evil. And the government started to become God instead of God and they started going. See, somebody was arguing with me the other day, or trying to, that uh, that's just a matter of my opinion. As if this is a battle of opinions. No, truth has already won. The battle is we need to align ourselves with the truth. We need to find the truth. It's not about, about there's no wrong answer. There is a wrong answer. <laughs> there's lots of wrong answers. As a matter of fact, there's a lot more wrong answers than there are right answers. It's not about opinion. It's about righteousness. And you cannot compromise on righteousness. And so that, that will translate into a lot of different ways. And and a lot of people have trouble seeing it because they've already denied some of the basics of the gospel. Like they think it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through government. Because governments are created by God. You know, Romans 13. Because we show that Romans 13 does not mean what most people think. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Ministers who have written books on Romans 13, and, and they're not far off on what they're saying. Their interpretation of Romans 13 is in incorrect Th- their conclusion is pretty correct pretty close and i admire them for that but romans 13 is saying let every man remains subject to the higher liberty because all liberty is of god and there is no liberty but of god and anyone who opposes liberty opposes god that's what romans 13 is saying but the governments are there for a purpose to punish the wicked. Who are the wicked? Most of the wicked are the people who started the government. <laughs> Not in every case. You know, like I said this morning, I think the world of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, I think they were great guys, and I would love to stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning arguing with them at times, and then they would probably love the conversation because they were that kind of guy. They would. They were for free speech and and free exchange of opinions. I bet you I could persuade them on a lot of things. And they might have rewrote the Constitution if they, if I had been there. But I wasn't there. Somebody else was there. And it, it is what it is. But it isn't a biblical document. Again, go to Deuteronomy 17:16. But you're going to have to go to it at preparingyou.com. And read what we have written there. Because we will show you what it's saying. Maybe you'll figure it out and you just look in your Bible. 
But uh, it, not just 17, 16, but the whole chapter of Deuteronomy 17. Because there they're telling you what to put in the Constitution. And it ain't in the U.S. Constitution. It ain't in the Oregon Constitution. <laughs> so, it's not a biblical document. It's a document. And it is the law of the land. And almost nobody's obeying it. <laughs> and uh, you have to be a U.S. citizen to have to obey it. But in some, you know, there's different areas uh, of the, the Constitution. Constitution didn't give any rights. I, I just cringe every time somebody says, my constitutional rights. There are no natural constitutional rights. There are constitutional limitations on government to interfere with your natural inalienable rights. They warn you that the listing of these protections in the Bill of Rights might make some people think that your rights come from the Constitution. Well, they shouldn't. Well, in case of some of you, you say constitutional rights, you just put a noose around your neck. <laughs> but that's on, a, I say that on an individual basis. So anyway, what we were talking about is there's lots of epidemiologists that know HIV is not the source of AIDS. And that many of the treatments they're using are probably a really, 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 really bad idea. Because they're upsetting that micro maze. And uh, they actually are going to bring you closer and quicker to death. Insulin is another example of that. If you want to eat anything you want to eat and just take a shot of insulin because you're a diabetic, you are committing suicide. You need to govern your diet. Uh, you Because you're going to become insulin resistant. And you're going to start losing limbs before you're done. Uh, it is not the way to go. But they just, oh, well, just going to up your dose, up your dose. No, 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 no. Start taking care of the micromaze, your body. We need to do the same thing in the church. We need to gather together in the tens, hundreds of thousands in those cell groups that Christ said that we had to gather in. In the early church, that's the way the early church was organized for a thousand years. And then along comes other churches and start saying, no, we're not going to gather in that way. Even some of the early Protestants were going back to that way. Uh, it certainly was in existence in early America. Tithings, tithing men, that's all about. Ten men get together, pick a minister. Those ten ministers get together, they pick a minister. Those ministers are not rulers. They're not even really legislatures, le- legislators. They may gather like a legislator, would gather with other legislators, but they're not going to make laws. They're going to discuss the problem and take the information back to you because you're king in your house. But that's only for people who want to take back their responsibilities. People who just want their rights, they can kiss their rights goodbye because that ain't going to happen. You just want out of the system, forget it. That is not the answer. That is not what Christ says. You know, he doesn't say, seek to get out of the system. (laughs) He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's the kingdom of God? It's the tens, hundreds, and thousands, people coming together in free assemblies to make free will offerings to express their love for their neighbor as much as themselves. That love for their neighbor, that word love for their neighbor is the same word we see Paul, when Paul says that word, most of the time they translate it charity. 
They don't translate it love. They translate it charity. They do translate it love. Sometimes they even translate it love when Jesus says it. But most, I mean, sometimes they translate it charity when Jesus says it. Most of the time when Jesus says it, they say they translate it love. Same word. Love, charity. Same word. Charity is an act of sacrifice. It's you taking something out of your pocket, out of your life, out of your time, and giving it to somebody else. That's charity. That's how you become a doer of the word. Now, should you just go up to the tallest building in town and throw $10 bills out? Uh, you know, I made $100 today. There's a $10 bill. Just throw it out the window. Somebody will get it. So that's my way of giving to charity. Well, that how's that strengthening anybody? That's not strengthening anybody. So, yeah, in time of affluence, you could throw $100 bills out. That's not charity. Charity is a responsibility. Remember, you can't have your rights back till you take back your responsibilities. And one of your responsibilities is to attend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Law, that's a great subject. We wrote an article in the book, Covenants of the Gods. By the way, all of our books are online for free. We don't tell everybody where they are. You can, If you know the titles, you can search them and you can find them usually on our websites. But they're already on there because we believe in searching you shall find. We don't, we don't want to, we're not going to spoon feed you. Although we do have all these audios. But you're, you're going to have to do your own seeking because that's, that's part of that command. Seek. So we believe in seeking you shall find. Now if you join the network, which you can join by going to preparing you or hisholychurch.org, and you join the network by joining an email group, that's just a network, email network, Based on geography, if you're in California, join the California group. If you're in Texas, join the Texas group, etc. But that's not part of the living network. That's just an electronic email network that could disappear overnight. It may not even take overnight. In the twinkling of an eye, it could disappear. So what you want to do is get together in an actual cell group of people, 10 families. You say, is there one in my area? Maybe not. Probably not. There's a lot of area out there. You become, you become the lightning rod. You get your name out there through the network. You get, you get in a congregation now that already exists, even if you can only meet with them by phone. And you become a part of that congregation and you hope to find more people that will form a congregation when you get up to 20. The process of mitosis takes place. This is a cellular uh, terminology. The splitting of the cell. The congregation becomes two congregations. Ten here, ten there. And when they grow big enough, they split off again. They can split off when they're 17 or 15. But the idea is that that's how... And then each of those congregations is, again, based on geography. Not, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. You know, you take my Sabbath off, I'll take, you know, uh, and we can be in the same congregation. Because we both have the same Sabbath. You know, it's really convenient if you have one person taking Sabbath on Saturday and another one taking it on Sunday. Because you've always got somebody to milk the cow. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. You know, you can, you can work that out. Of course, you know, Sabbath doesn't mean you can't go milk the cow. Sabbath doesn't mean that you can't pull your sheep out of a pit if it falls into a pit. <laughs> you can, you can certainly do that. But what it's, what is you become as a part of that body. You begin to communicate in that body like the cells in your body communicate through those exosomes. 
and through cellular communication. You become, you start becoming, and the purpose you're doing this is not to get out of the system, but to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You want to create a network that actually is a doer of the word, that provides the charity, takes care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society through faith, hope, and charity. That is what the church was supposed to be. Because the church was supposed to be practicing pure religion, and that's what pure religion is. If you're depending upon the state for part of your welfare, that's not pure religion. Now, I'm not saying you can't collect a Social Security check, and you can't collect your unemployment, you can't collect welfare... But that's not your goal. Your goal is to get off of that. You know, if you want to get clean <laughs> so that you're not taking the addictive drug of the uh, rewards of unrighteousness, the wages of unrighteousness, you're going to have to either wean yourself off it or go cold turkey. If you want to go cold turkey, you may want to start learning what it is to be a part of a religious order. <laughs> But but it's a, it, it will be a grind. Most of you are not ready for that kind of sacrifice. But anyway, so like I said, Peter uh, Duesberg is my micro or my molecular biologist, and he's been asking the question like, where's you know where's the where's the HIV? Because we got people with AIDS without HIV, and we got people with HIV without AIDS, and you know correlation actually even uses the word correlation is not causation. They're potential causing AIDS, but how is it doing it? You know, so him and his colleagues, he's got a lot of people backing him. And uh, they outline epidemiological and biochemical evidence supporting different causes for AIDS. And, and, you know, they explain it. You know, I mean, like, you got AIDS in Africa and AIDS in Europe and AIDS in the U.S. And what it is is they've been breaking down their immune system because of uh, of chemistry, of taking drugs, legal and illegal drugs, and uh, also um, parasites, also uh, because they don't have good drinking water, malnutrition. All these things are bringing about these problems of AIDS. So, but if they came right out and said it's not causing it, then they would have both, they'd be stomped with both feet. Fortunately, these guys have a lot of credentials and they are actually gathered together, colleagues, so that you can't stomp on one unless you stomp on all. And they have, you know, these are Nobel Prize winning people. But the millions of dollars are just ignoring them. They literally turn around and walk away when they ask these questions. They will not answer the questions because they're making too much money. Because of the political power that has gotten into medicine. And we see that with the coronavirus and we see that with the shutdown. And that's what we're going to do. I'm probably going to do a program solely about the shutdown and what it's doing. I've been putting together an article trying to show you how you could have avoided the shutdown. If you were, if all the people who say they're Christians were actually Christian, there would have never been a shutdown. It would have not happened. It just simply would not have happened. If all the people who say they are Christians were actually doing what Christ said, it wouldn't happen. You wouldn't be trillions of dollars in debt. You wouldn't be about ready, you know, you got, Pelosi is third in line for the presidency. If, if Pence, <laughs> And Trump were killed, Pelosi would be president of the United States. Scary enough for you? (laughs) 
there's not much between you and disaster. Absolute disaster. And the thing is, is there are millions upon millions upon millions of people that think like she does and like a lot of other people do. And they would lead you down the road of destruction rapidly. I mean, just look how fast the shutdown took took hold. Now, a lot of people are shaking their fists and getting angry. But I'm telling you, fear, fear is what brought this about. But But anger is the antithesis of fear, but it's only the opposite side of the same coin. Fear and anger, neither one of them is equivalent to faith. Now, faith is not blind believing. Faith is knowing. It's not, it's having a relationship with the truth. And this is why I point out so often, because it's one of the most blaring truths that nobody wants to admit, is that you cannot covet your neighbor's goods that the agency of men who exercise authority one over the other and still be a Christian. Now, some of you are still taking those benefits, but are you coveting them? Are you working diligently to get away from those benefits? Do not depend upon those benefits. I don't want anybody starving to death. I want you to turn around, think a different way, and go a different way. But I don't want you listening to me all the time, although you should listen to Keys of the Kingdom on a regular basis because we we give so many pearls out there. We try not to cast them to swine, so we we lace them in and out of the programs. But what we want you to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would show you like, wow, that's right. I'm coveting my neighbor's goods. And Peter said that would make me merchandise. It would entangle me again in the yoke of bondage. It would curse my children with debt. That's a done deal. That's in the news. I don't have to, you know, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's a fact. That's why they could shut you down. That's why I say, you know, why I was saying earlier this morning, it kind of, some people are like, what, what, what he said? I said, cause I said, many of the governors don't have the power to exercise the authority that they're exercising over you. They're chief executive officers, but it depends upon the individual state constitution. The legislature, on the other hand, probably could have shut you down like it has shut you down. Is it justifiable? No, but they can do a lot of things that are not justifiable that they still have a right to do. You get to wait a couple of years <laughs> and shut down, and then you can vote them out. You know, like right now, a lot of people want to get rid of the L.A. mayor. But in order to get rid of the L.A. mayor, you got to get like, what, a 30,000 signatures or 300,000 signatures, a lot of signatures anyway, to do it. In order to get the signatures, you have to go out <laughs> and get, solicit signatures, and he's already got a rule that you can't go out. He's going to have people locked down in L.A. for the next couple of months. I mean, the street people aren't locked down. They're still walking around. <laughs> Everybody else, and I can bet you they're not getting arrested either. <laughs> they don't want them in the jail. <laughs> so, it's crazy. A wild and crazy world that you guys have constructed for yourself. This is why you need to repent and start gathering together in that network. They are headed eventually. I don't know if they'll do it this time. But eventually, you have somebody like Pelosi or Schumer or somebody like that in the White House. and, and the, I mean, you can see the mindset. Everybody, All the kids coming out of your school, most of them think socialism is great, and et cetera, et cetera. They're headed down the road to destruction. They've got a wide road they're going down. But it narrows. And when it narrows... You may be find yourself on the wrong side of their history. But, so what are you going to do? Like Shiva wants to go and get elected and fight this 
in political office, which is fine if that's what he feels led to do. I'm not saying anything against that whatsoever. But what I will do is ask a question. What do you do if you don't win? What do you do if the crazy, frightened, paranoid, vaccine God believers, they believe in the God of vaccines, get into power and think that you need to be forced to have an RNA vaccination? And you can't go into the grocery store without clearance. There's going to be an armed guard there saying, let's see your ID. you got to show your ID that you're up on your vaxes or you can't come into our store and contaminate our food. Now you say, well, I'm just going to make it to the woods. Well, a lot of luck with that. So much for society. Save yourself, you know. But uh, you're the kind of guy to be rolling away from the Titanic with five people in his boat. You know, that because you don't care about anybody else but yourself. But if you really do care, if you really are a Christian, you have a Christian mindset or you want a Christian mindset because that's not something you just create. That's given to you. You have to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start caring about one another as much as you care about yourself. That's just what you have to do. That's that's the way it works. If you don't do that, you're you're not going to be... You know, God's not going to hear you and you're not going to hear God. You have to repent. Let's think this other way. Not look to men who exercise authority. Not men who want to impose force on people. Make them line up. Make them shut down. Make them go to work. Make them have a vaccination. You have to become that other person. Now, if you gather together in a congregation and you want to make them do your Sabbath and make them do your prayers and make them wear your clothes, what's the difference between you and them? You see, you, you just become a Pharisee. Well, the Pharisees are the ones who killed Christ. Now, uh, the Pharisees were really supposed to be righteous, but and some of them did follow Christ. But... It's often few. Many are called, but few are chosen because not everybody comes. So what is HIV? Human immunodeficiency, immunodeficiency virus. That's what they call it. That's it. So it's, this virus is supposedly causing this immune deficiency. And what they're saying, they're spelling it out. You know, Peter and the rest of the gang are spelling it out, and Judy is is along with that too, Dr. Judy. Dr. Mary and her monkeys, go read that book. They were realizing that the viruses are not the problem. Corona is not the problem. The problem is the fact that you didn't have zinc enough in your system to ward off the infection. That's why hydrochloroquine and zinc work so well. I've seen a number of guys say hydrochloroquine tests show that there was no difference and all this stuff. Here, you know, when they tell me that, I go look at the tests. I look at the studies that they made. They're right. Hydrochloroquine didn't do any good because it was only hydrochloroquine. Has to be hydrochloroquine and zinc. (laughs) Now, if you take hydrochloroquine and zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D at the same time, that hydrochloroquine may mix in your stomach and help that zinc get to where it needs to go. But that's what the hydrochloroquine, the hydrochloroquine is not making you well. It's helping stuff get into your body that should have been in your body already. It wasn't in your body already because your diet sucks. (laughs) 
And even if your diet was the right kind of diet, your spirit sucks. And this will translate into your body. Your cells are running around. I said this way back a couple of weeks ago. Your cells are running around doing all this amazing work. Just, I mean, this giant chemistry factory is going on in your body all the time. Creating actually living chemicals that are going around, even though an exosome is not really alive. It's reproduced, but it's sent out like a robot, like little drones to go out and do these missions to keep you well. And they're doing it to the numbers of trillions in your body. Such an unselfish cells you have in your body. But what if you have a selfish heart in your body? Your selfish heart in your body may have a dominion spirit of selfishness dwelling and your cells become selfish. Your white blood cells become selfish. Your T bloods, uh, T cells become selfish. Would, in that, would, is that possible? Can you Impress the spirit of selfishness in your body, on your cells, so that they become selfish too. I don't know. I can't prove it. But judging by what I've seen in the universe over these almost, uh, well, more than half a century, almost three quarters of a century, I would say, yep, that's what actually can happen. And so your attitude, your spirit by which you function and interact with the rest of the world, it's going to affect your health. Now, there's lots of studies that will show you that if people are worried and anxious and fearful that their immune system drops. And, of course, that's all the media has been doing because the media is the enemy of the people. <laughs> so, anyway, this HIV virus is probably not the cause of AIDS. And there's lots of people asking the question. It's back to what Antoine Camp was saying it has to do with the environment of in your body the environment in your body is dependent upon what you eat but it is also dependent on what you think that, that your mind and your spirit by which you function in the world when Christ says I lay down my life that I may pick it life up life more abundant he's telling you about a health principle and so that's what you, that's why you gather together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands is to practice that principle. So anyway, I'm not even sure what time it is. For some reason my computer is not even operating here so I can't even get at my notes. But anyway, we got 12 minutes left uh, according to the studio. I see there's a lot of people that have called in. But uh, I don't usually answer questions unless I know the number. But uh, let's go to, I was trying to think of what I do want to go to. What I am going to be talking about, and uh, probably I'll create a separate recording if I get enough time. i got a lot of things to do this week. But I'm going to talk about this whole idea of the shutdown and why we were so vulnerable to it. And if you begin to understand the principles involved, which we've touched on today then you will also understand what you, where you need to go in your heart and your mind and in the world where you live so that you will be ready for the next crazy social experiment they want to try. Because that's what this all was. It was a social experiment. It was one of the craziest ones 
most extreme one in the history of the world. I mean, it's just staggering the idea that they shut down the planet. Millions, millions of people already. I'm not going to say the World Health, World Health Organization has said it, but there's other people, uh, UNICEF and everything, are saying that millions of children will die because of the shutdown. Millions. Well, we didn't have millions. Somebody said, well, yeah, they were pointing out the fact that they were projecting this huge death rate and and the usage of the beds in the hospital was going to go up this huge. They had this projection where the line just went like up straight. Other guys had a projection where it kind of went out hockey puck-like. And finally, when they show what actually took place, there was no overcrowding whatsoever. The overcrowding that we saw a little bit in New York was because New York shut down 12 major hospitals in the last 10 years. Or was it 10 major hospitals in the last 12 years? But anyway, they shut down a lot of hospitals. They actually threw away beds because they made rules that they could only have so many beds in the hospital because they didn't want too many beds because it, it puts a strain on Medicare and Medicaid. Because with all those beds, people will, more people will go into the hospital and it will drain the funds. So, so they're already moderating with the, even though they didn't get Obamacare in place, Obamacare would have caused it so that you, you would not, they would not take care of you. They, they are going to kill old people on a regular basis. They want to get them into hospice, get them on drugs, withhold food. They want to do all kinds of things. Because they don't even think this, but the spirit of destruction is upon you. And it's showing up. It's showing up in your manufacturing and the production of food. And, in the, uh, and, and I mean, these guys are just drunk with power, shutting down the economy, knowing that it is destroying the lives of millions of people. And the media isn't going around showing the people have lost their businesses and will never open up their business again. They're not showing that. So, because they don't show you, you don't see. Because you don't have a network like Christ commanded you create. You're plugged into what they want you to see. And we know they are censoring what you see. We know they are slanting the news. You have to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You have to organize yourselves. Seeking a voluntary government based on faith in freedom, hope in freedom, and charity. Charity, again, is a voluntary sacrifice of yourself for somebody else. You get to decide how to do that. But you need to actually be spending time and energy and heartbeats every day figuring out how to be a blessing to other people. A blessing. Not a party. You're not a party favor. You're not just going to give out gifts because, oh, it makes me feel so good to give gifts out. You know, like the people hand $20 bills out the window. You don't want to do that. You want to have responsible charity. Charity that strengthens the poor because that's what it says in the Bible. Sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was in a time of affluence. They had the money. They could share the money. But they were not strengthening the poor with the money. So anyway, we'll we'll start the next series talking about the coronavirus shutdown was the most bizarre social experiment in the history of the world. With little or no evidence, the world economy was devastated and crippled by a few graphs on TV, false comparisons by talking heads on TV and in the media, 
and an exaggerated threat of doom and death by megalomaniacs controlling the media and gullible minds of the people. Because you have to put the blame on the people. This is one of the things. If you will not admit that you are doing something wrong, even innocent little things doing wrong, if you deny it, if you try to make excuses about those innocent things that you're doing, those minute things that you're doing that is wrong, it will block your vision so you cannot see the bigger things. You know, I don't want to look over that way. Well, you don't, you're not going to get to see the train coming that's going to run you down. You, you have to be absolutely in love with the truth more than in love with your family or anything else. That doesn't mean you abandon your family and not making excuses for deadbeat dads. You have to be willing to see the truth about yourself before you demand to see the truth about others. You worry about the conspiracies in the world. What about this conspiracy in your own heart to avoid seeing the truth about yourself? If you have any any phobias, you know, fear of spiders, that's a pretty common one, but uh, fear of going outside or, you know, some things that you just don't like and you can't explain why it doesn't seem to make any sense, that's usually because that's covering up what you're really afraid of. And that's where meditation comes in. We have a webpage on meditation with some recordings and tell you about Meditation is simply look going within yourself and looking within yourself. Trying to see the truth about yourself. And the problem is a lot of a lot of trauma is in there that has been put in there by other people, but it's also been put in there because other people caused you to react traumatically. Lots of bad things happen to lots of people and it's not a trauma to them. They overcome that and they they live good lives. But other people are traumatized by that because they got into you. This is like a virus gets into you and begins to replicate itself. And unless you see it and deal with it, it will you will start to become that very thing that you hated in your mother or your father or your uncle. You will return to their crime. You will do their crime again because you could not forgive them. And so you can't, until you see them, you won't forgive them. So you have to see these problems and deal with them. This has to do with the invasion of disease into your body. If you make a habit out of not seeing the truth about yourself or avoiding confrontation because you don't want to see the truth about something or, or admit something, it it will darken your eyes and it will put blinders on you so that you cannot see what you really need to see. So, you, you know, that's that's where meditation is just an exercise trying to go in that way, but it ultimately has to do with the fact that you need to make the truth more important. The whole truth and nothing but the truth more important in your life. And then you need to provide for that truth. If you need to apologize to somebody, go apologize to them. Don't make a big deal out of it. If you need to do something, if you've, if you've hurt somebody or t- taken something away from somebody or caused somebody to have a loss, now you need to go and either give it back to them or give it back to somebody. You have to, you have to turn your actions around and do the reverse of what you've done before. If you were slothful before, you have to be energetic now. And diligent now. 
You know, that's what Christ tells you. Use the persevere. Be diligent. You know, that when it says study this, show thyself approved, the actual Greek word there doesn't mean study. It's not the Greek word for study. It's the word for diligent. Be diligent to show yourself approved. But there is a gospel running around that you don't have to do anything. So what do you do? Uh, I tell you, start becoming those cell groups. Start becoming that body. Start sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands like Christ commanded. Start. I don't care how intensively you do it. But you just have to start taking those steps in that direction. And you have to do it with the purpose of serving others. Not getting out of the system or serving yourself or or like you're going to be stocking up friends like you stock up bacon and beans or something. You have to really start caring. Now, I can guarantee you, you don't care like you need to care. You just don't do that yet. But in that seeking, God will give you the heart of Christ. You don't invent the heart of Christ. It's a gift. So you have to take your heartbeats your sweat, your toil, your time, your resources, and start investing in other people as if you cared about them as much as you cared about yourself. This will alter your nature. It will make room in you for the Holy Spirit. It will put on you, like Iron Man, one section of the armor of God at a time. And that's that's what you need to do. That's that's the way it works. <laughs> and until you do that, all I can do is say peace on your house and may God be with you. But anyway, join us on the network and uh, God bless and uh, see you on the network. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.